What's up, everyone? Welcome back to a quick one, two, three inning. My name's Danny Price, and it has been a minute. I hope wherever this podcast finds you, whether at home, in your car, or on your way to your sporting event, I hope it's fruitful and life-giving. I've said it every podcast, but my heart for this podcast is for all athletes that can't be in church on weekends. I don't want this, obviously, to take the place of church, but I want you to be able to find God wherever you are. So no matter what sport, here's to hoping you take something away to grow your faith in the next 10 minutes. On that note, for today's podcast, the title might be better suited as A Quick 1-2-3 Minutes of Extra Time or A Quick 1-2-3 Penalty Shots. (laughs) Not sure my soccer lingo is top-notch because neither of those sound like they're working, but I was inspired by the start of the Women's World Cup in the last two games that the women's national team has played. So today... It's all soccer. So the Women's World Cup happens every four years, and the U.S. Women's National Team is top dog. Target's on their back. Everyone that has prepared has prepared to be as good as or better than the U.S. Women's National Team. They are the best in the world. But I guess my question is, how do you prepare when you're the best in the world? How do you prepare when you are on the top of the mountain or when the formula you've been following isn't wrong? How do you keep getting better? As athletes, many of us know how important preparation is. It is the key to whether or not in the heat of battle, you're ready. There's a quote most of us probably know that says, luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So preparation, how you get ready and how you stay ready. So today for out number one, I want to look at an Alex Morgan interview as they got ready to play the Netherlands in the group round of the World Cup. We approach every game like it's the biggest game. Um, And this game is no different, uh, but we have played Netherlands historically in very important matches, 2019, Olympics, um, even before then. So uh, this is going to be an incredibly difficult um, matchup, um, very challenging, uh, and we're doing everything we can at the training field, um, in the meetings, watching video, doing everything we can, but this is going to be a very big matchup. Two things stand out to me. Number one, they prepare for every game as if it's the hardest game they're going to play as if it's their toughest opponent. And number two, they prepare in all ways. They prepare on the practice field, in meeting rooms, in film rooms, etc. Those two things have a crucial dynamic because if you prepare in all ways, like on the practice field and in the meeting room, but you don't prepare at the highest level all the time, when that's needed from you, it's foreign, it's unfamiliar. But to know that it will be challenging, to know the work it will take and the details it will take, if you do that every time, does it really matter the opponent? So let's go to out number two. We're going to be in Daniel 6. And as you turn there, I'm going to kind of set the scene of the verse I really want to highlight. The beginning of Daniel 6 talks about Darius, who's the king of Babylon at this time. And it says that he's going to set over the kingdom 120 satraps, which are basically governors. 
and over those 120 satraps, he's going to set three high officials. Now, Daniel was one of those three high officials. And so the satraps would give account to Daniel. But here's the thing. This is where the plot thickens. Verse 3 says that Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So let's pause right there. Obviously, the other high officials and satraps were like, who's this brown noser? Why does he get everything, right? And they start to become upset with Daniel. Verse 4 is specific to say that they couldn't find complaint against Daniel because of this. And I want you to remember this because I'm going to bring it up later. They couldn't find fault with Daniel because he was faithful. Isn't that an awesome thing to be said about your character? I think it would be an incredible honor for someone to say that she was faithful. So here's what they do. All these guys who are like, mm, Daniel's a brown noser. In verse 5, they say, we can't find any complaint about him unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. The other high officials and satraps knew how important Daniel's faith was to him. So they thought, well, let me use it against him. Basically, what they did is they ran to Darius, King Darius. They pumped his tires and they said, all the high officials of the kingdom, the prefects and the satraps, the counselors and the governors all agreed that the king should establish an ordinance and enforce an injunction that whoever makes petition to any god or man for 30 days except to you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Darius obviously was feeling very good about himself at this point, and so he signed the document an injunction, which means it was now a law that couldn't be broken. And that brings us to verse 10, which is the main verse that, as I was talking to my mentor, we were talking about this scripture and something we hadn't really noticed before. So let's look at verse 10. It says, When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as he had done previously. That's what stuck out to me. He prayed as he had done previously. It was a practice he knew. It was a practice he had done time and time again. There was nothing that was going to change the way that he prepared. You see, the law says that if anyone prayed to any god apart from the king, he would be cast into the den of lions. So that's what Daniel's looking at, that he's about to be thrown into a den of lions, and yet he stuck to his preparation. He got on his knees, he gave thanks to God, he prayed, just as he had always done. No matter the opponent, no matter the adversity, no matter what stood before him, he would prepare in the best way he knew how. Spoiler alert, Daniel was cast into the den of lions, and the stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den. The king sealed it, and overnight, Daniel was with the lions. And you know what? Faithful Daniel, who believed in his God, 
knew that his God could shut the mouths of lions. And so when King Darius came in anguish to check on Daniel the next day, he called out to Daniel and Daniel's response, My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouth, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him, and also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Remember, Daniel is faithful. He trusted in his God. He prayed out of preparation for whatever it was to come. And though that prayer might have put him into a den of lions, the prayer is what prepared him to call out to God, the God who shut the mouths of the lions. And so let's go to out number three. In Alex Morgan's interview, she said, they prepare in all ways but they also prepare as if it's going to be the hardest game and the toughest opponent. So let me talk to you, Christian. How are you preparing in your faith? How are you preparing in your daily walk? How are you preparing in all ways, but even for maybe your toughest opponent? Sure, there's things we do in our athletic field to prepare, but in the day-to-day, what are you doing? I really believe that we are created by God. Not only did God create man and woman, but in the Psalms it also says that God knit us together in our mother's wombs. We are created by God and we are our best selves when we are near our Creator. We are at home when we are near our Creator. And so, what does preparation look like? I think it means being close to Him. So, it's doing like Daniel and praying. It's doing like Daniel and stopping to turn our eyes to God. It's reading scripture to remind us that God can shut the mouths of lions. That God is there when we cry out to Him. I think the more that we know about our Creator, the more that we can trust Him and the more we realize who we are. I know that athletes spend hours upon hours training to be the best that they can be. It's the same thing with school. We spend hours and hours in our textbooks to make sure that we ace the test. We prepare and we prepare really hard for the tests that are coming or for the games that are coming. But Christian, what are you doing to prepare for whatever's ahead of you because we are promised that this life is full of struggle that this life is full of suffering and I want you to be prepared to cry out to Jesus and while you're crying out know that he hears you and he will answer you he will be with you but we won't know that unless we're prepared that's my prayer for you guys this week is that you would find a few days this week where you would be intentional about stopping, maybe getting on your knees like Daniel and praying, giving thanks to God, opening scripture and reading about the God that we serve, and just spending time with Him. Our weeks are busy. We can make a lot of excuses. But remember that luck is when preparation meets opportunity. And there's going to be times in life where opportunity arises where there might be suffering or there might be hardship or there might be adversity. Are you prayed up? 
Are you in your scripture so you know what God would say or what God is telling you? That's my prayer. And as we close out, I'm going to pray that for you all. So, Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just being a God who loves us so much that wants to be with us. I pray for anyone listening that you would be so near to them that they would find time in their day to just stop, turn to you, and thank you for who you are and what you do for us. And Lord, we know your scripture says that there will be suffering, that there will be hardship, but you promise us that joy comes in the morning, and you promise us that you'll be with us. You command us to be strong and courageous, and we can do all of those things, and we can trust in all of those things, because when we cry out, you're there. I pray for those listening that might be in one of those struggles right now, Lord. I pray that as they're hearing this, that they would be just calling out to you. And I pray that you would hear them. I pray that you would be near them. We love you, Lord, and we thank you so much for who you are and who you've created us to be. pray we'd live in that authentically and we'd walk near you every step of the way. In your name I pray. Amen.